0: This is Scenic Roots Talking Writing. Our guests, Dennis Parker and Chandra Burnett, play Andy and Melissa, two people who exchange letters from the time they are in kindergarten until they are in their sixties, in a play called Love Letters, directed by our other guest, Mary Eliza Hendricks. This is Dennis and Chandra reading letters written when Andy and Melissa were seven.
1: Andrew, make peace, lad the third. Accepts with pleasure the kind invitation of Mr. and Mrs. Gilbert Channing Gardner for a birthday party in honor of their daughter, Melissa, on April 19, 1937, at half past three o'clock.
2: Dear Andy, thank you for the birthday present. I have a lot of Oz books, but not the Lost Princess of Oz. What made you give me that one? Sincerely yours, Melissa.
1: I'm answering your letter about the book. When you came into second grade with that stuck-up nurse, you looked like a lost princess.
2: I don't believe what you wrote. I think my mother told your mother to get that book. I like the pictures (laughs) more than the words. Now let's stop writing letters.
1: I will make my L's taller than my D's.
2: I will close up my A's and my O's.
1: I will try to make longer P's. Pass it on. (laughs) You're funny. Will you be my valentine?
2: Were you the one who sent me a valentine saying, will you be my valentine?
1: Yes, I sent it.
2: Then I will be. Unless I have to kiss you.
1: When it's warmer out, can I come over and swim in your pool?
2: No, you can't. I have a new nurse named Miss Hawthorne. She thinks you'll give me infantile paralysis.
1: Will you help me go down and get the milk and cookies during recess?
2: I will if you don't ask me to marry you again.
1: I will will not not write write personal personal letters in class. class. I I will will not write write personal notes in class. class. I I will not. not.
3: A lot of synopsises and also reviews of this show paint Melissa in such a horrible light. And it really, it really makes me mad because it just needs to be a lot more equal than it is because the show is a lot more equal than those make it out to be.
1: Can I say something? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's his show. (laughs) My feeling about this show is that it challenges the notion of what success in life means. Most people hold up career success, financial success. But this in these synopses that you read in the reviews that Mary Elias is alluding to, do do a complete disservice to what this show is really about, which is two people trying desperately to connect with each other the best way they can, and that ultimately it's that's that's where the the joy and the tragedy all reside in that that desire to do that. So it's Andy is held up as this success in so many of these things. He's an absolute mess inside, and this is one of the things that we've talked about during rehearsals quite a bit too. Is that Ashandra and I frighteningly relate to these characters? So to say that she relates to that complete, and she's <laughs> one of the most together people I know. She's a little intimidating, actually, <laughs> but I, I find that that Andy, I relate to him because he's he's the supposed to guy. You know he does what he's supposed to, and and I said this to you earlier that his father's voice is in his in his head all the time as this really strong role model that doesn't really let Andy be Andy. And Shandra can talk about this too, but she wants to. <laughs> Melissa wants Andy to be more Andy, just to, to not be so smooth and together and. The supposed to guy. She wants the real Andy.
3: Unpolished
1: Andy. Yes, unpolished. Very. There,
3: there's a lovely <laughs> quote in the play that that where Andy calls himself a a diamond that is needs to be polished a and he's a little in the too rough. rough. Yeah. A diamond in the rough. And and Melissa says, "I think you should be a little rougher. Don't let them polish you too much."
0: Well, I think the interesting thing about this play, perhaps, after listening to what you're saying is that while the play concentrates on the relationship between Andrew and Melissa, it's really about each of them in their lives. And this is just an example of how it is for them in every aspect of their lives. Both the hunger for connection and the inability to bring that to fruition, you know, to to get close to somebody. Because the danger of getting close to somebody is that they know you. And both of these characters seem to want to keep people at arm's length so they don't know them.
2: And that's definitely Melissa's issue is she's she had an abusive stepfather. Is that a spoiler?
0: That a no. Spoiler? No. Well it helps understand her, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You can kinda understand why she has this certain amount of detachment. She wants intimacy with Andy, but I think she wants it on her own terms.
0: Well that's interesting you say that because somebody suggested of the two characters, only one really likes writing. And that's Andrew, and the reason that he likes writing is because that way he can present himself the way he wants to be seen.
3: Right. Yeah. He says that in the in the play. And he's, Melissa fusses at him
2: several times because of that. Complains constantly. Right.
1: I hate writing letters. No
3: more letters. Help me. <laughs> get a phone.
2: Yeah, constantly. <laughs> she
3: begs him to get a phone. Well, he's
2: not play. himself in his letters, and then... Uh, neither of them are themselves in their writing. And so when they do try to, to get together, they keep expecting someone else. They expect, you know, letter Melissa mm-hmm. or a letter Andy, and that's not what either are, I don't know, in reality.
0: So everything you're saying runs contrary to the notion that, as I said to you before, it's been suggested that name actors who are very busy... Are drawn to this play because you don't have to do very much prep because you don't have to Mm -hmm. memorize the lines you can just read them you know but that's not true is it if you if you if you haven't done the prep and you haven't done the backstory and you don't really understand these people you're not going to make this play come alive are you Mm
1: -hmm. when i decided to do this show i'm talking as the producer which is a crazy thing to do to produce a show and act in it at the same time but
0: would you unpack that for us then what's what's the difference between a producer and an actor what does a producer well, do exactly just
1: everything all the preparation leading up to hiring the people um recruiting the people to to bring the vision of the show to life and um i did have the good sense to firstly contact uh this young lady to my left chandra to help bring Melissa to life. And then a little while later had the good sense to bring this young astute phenom who (laughs) recently graduated college, which you wouldn't believe, bring her on to the project. And, And it was very hard for me because it was, I felt a creative connection to it that I want, you know, there was a vision that I had for it. So we've had. Oh, numerous we... discussions about that. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting is you're
0: a business manager, casting director?
1: Yeah. I mean, you could call me production manager, too. I hate labels. We've talked about not mm-hmm. liking labels.
0: That's We're a whole like, separate set of responsibilities from your acting.
1: Yes. D- does does one wild. distract for the other? Immensely, but hopefully <laughs> not. And you know what I mean by that? When we get into rehearsal, there's, there's a lot of times I fall into the rehearsal. I do... It's also one of the things that, and Chandra can speak to this, and Mary Eliza, because she's done a lot of, she's an accomplished actress herself, that you lose yourself in a character, even for a little while, while you're doing it. And so it's, a, it's one of the great escapes. And that's not to simplify it. It allows you to live someone else's life for a little bit, and it's, it's a nice break from the harsh realities that we all deal with on a daily basis. Well, it strikes
0: me that maybe you get, uh, you get insights as a result of that, into your own lives, right? <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, that's why we read, isn't it?
1: Oh,
3: boy. Howdy, yeah. yes. I tried <laughs> I tried really hard to create a rehearsal space where we were, because the show's largely about intimacy and vulnerability between these two people. And so part of my goal as a director, in order to bring that out in both the actors and then their characters, was to create that rehearsal space among the three of us. And so I hope that that has helped And I think it has helped y'all's ability to fall into the characters and discover about the characters. It's very much like being in counseling. (laughs)
2: We're sitting at a desk. Mary Eliza's sitting right across from us. (laughs) We're dissecting these characters. We're dissecting mm -hmm. their psychology and their motivation.
3: And to get back to what you were saying earlier about how a lot of large name actors are drawn to this because they don't have to do any work on it. Well, what we found actually... What I think is making this show and their performances so rich is that we went through every page of this show and broke down what are Melissa and Andy going through individually and together. How are they dealing with this? Why are they saying these things to each other? What do they need from each other? And why do they need it? And how do they get it? And those are some of the things that m- most actors will acknowledge um, make a compelling performance. And. We've been working on that for weeks, and I think that it will really help enrich the show, and it really has.
0: When you're reading Andy's letters, you are aware of his backstory, of, of what's going on in his life. Is, and how is that represented in the letters, honestly or dishonestly?
3: Yes. Both. they are both, because, well, we've talked about it, and it's the thing of, what does Andy need from Melissa? How is Andy getting that from Melissa? Does Andy need Melissa to believe he's some sort of perfect person, or is Andy being truthful? And the interesting thing about their relationship is that Melissa brings about a lot more truthfulness in Andy than a lot of other people do in Andy's life. And so you get this fascinating push and pull because Andy also brings about a lot of good and support in Melissa's life that she doesn't get in real life. And so It goes back and forth. And we talk about when is Andy presenting a fake version, a mask of himself, and when is Andy being real with Melissa? And also, how does that sound different in your voice? How does that feel different in your body? How is that presented differently on stage? And how does Melissa react? Does Melissa know? We think Melissa knows.
0: (laughs) It was somewhat misleading to say that this is a play with two actors reading it's Absolutely. two actors acting, and you, and nice you, nice, you so. are enacting the people who are writing these letters as you read their letters, yeah, right? But that, so There's a lot more than just reading mm-hmm.
1: them. It's getting very back nice, to your so. question about the uh, accuracy of what Andy is relaying to Melissa and to the audience, the exposition part of it, where the talking about what's going on in his life, is very accurate. And you're, it's really easy to follow along with what's going on. It jumps in time, especially we noticed that the first half of this show is childhood for the most part up to college years and then it's adult years and it just, the speed of time increases greatly. But you're able to follow what's going on, how he gets to his place in the world. But to Mary Eliza's point, when you get to the feelings side for him, it's not accurate. And that's where the fun comes in. And Melissa picks on Andy.
3: Tell uh, me more about your feelings. I know. At one point she, she says actually that.
1: says that. That's even early on, too. <laughs> I'll tell you about my dog. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> what, about, uh, what about
0: Andy with Melissa? What is, what's Melissa getting out of this? Good question.
2: I think it's, it's similar to what Mary Eliza just said. Some, some sense of stability. She hasn't really had that in her life at all. She came from money but money didn't hold her family together. Her family of origin ultimately dissolves. And I think, you know, Andy's been there since, you know, pretty much the beginning. Um,
3: so. He also supports her artistically great, uh, um, a great deal even when Melissa is struggling artistically. Except for the tray. Except for the tray, <laughs> what is this?
0: Can, can I, I can take you back a second, Chandra? Okay, yes. so you said Andy's been there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So what's Andy's attitude? Is is he paternal? Is he supportive? Is he judgmental?
2: He all the things at, at different parts of the show. I don't know that I would say he's paternal.
1: One time I can call one instance when I felt that was very
2: paternal. well. Yeah, she she says
3: he's fraternal at one point.
2: Absolutely. Um, and that makes it difficult for her. <laughs> when she's ready to be romantic, he's not. There's this, and vice versa. I, I right? think that
0: happens in a lot of people's lives.
2: Absolutely. That's why I think people can relate to this in many ways.
0: Yeah, because it's so much more than it would appear.
1: Right. Well, <laughs> even someone who's married can have a crush.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Probably that happens also. all the time.
1: I mean, the longer you're married, the, well, I'm going to say that, because then my wife's going to hear this and be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> giving himself away already. Speaking yes. No, but I think that that's. I mean, we all, we all, yeah, we all can't connect with the people that we find attractive emotionally. I'm you know, way beyond physical. This is an emotional attraction. I'm sure there's a physical attraction too, but it's an it is an emotional connection that. uh You know, there's an opposites element to it. Well, you know, it it seems
0: to me they they must have an incredibly powerful connection when you Mm -hmm. connect with somebody when you're so young. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know everything about them, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely,
3: yeah.
0: Because we're we're all naked, literally as well as metaphorically, when we're young. Yeah. Right. Because we're still figuring it out.
3: Right. Well, Melissa (laughs) even talks about that in the show. She there's and they talk about in the show how they have known each other their whole lives and they have been writing letters their whole lives and how much that impacts their relationship and how much Mm -hmm. it complicates their relationship. And there's also, and I feel like this isn't a spoiler because it's in the first line of the play, there's an interesting through line that they carry from the first line to the last scene about the lost princess of Oz it's a book that Andy gives to Melissa on her birthday in second grade, and they continue to refer to that book for the rest of their lives. They refer to their hometown as the Land of Oz, and they refer to each other as characters from the book. So it's this deep connection that's complicated, and no one else would understand, and very raw and very deep.
0: Why did you want to direct this play, mary
3: Well, Dennis asked me, <laughs> and I was very excited. Um <laughs> one practical Most reason. Most would
1: run screaming, but <laughs>
3: <laughs> one practical reason is I just got out of college, and it's really, it's really flattering and humbling, and so special to be offered a, a directing job right out of college. I, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. Also, uh, part of how Dennis presented this to me was that this is a show about two people who are later on in their lives reading about from when they were young to when they were old, performed by two people, um, roughly middle-aged. And Dennis would lo- and Dennis said that they wanted a person with a younger experience to direct it so that in the rehearsals and in the show, we had the um, influence of different generations since the show spans a whole generation. And I was very intrigued and I read the show. It also felt very connected to our own time right now because it's about these two people who are disconnected and are desperately trying to connect their entire lives through distant. Right now, in the pandemic, we've experienced a lot of that. I felt like the show was very timely, showing these people struggling but never giving up their fight for intimacy over a distance was very similar and related back to what we are all experiencing right now.
0: seems to me that the, your biggest challenge is to take something that is in some ways the most intimate act many of us ever engage in to write to somebody else, write somebody a letter. There are no filters. just are saying exactly what you feel at that moment to somebody you trust and you think will will we'll accept it.
1: There's a reference to this late in the first half of the show of Andy writes a love letter to love letters. He talks Mm -hmm. about the unique nature that each letter has. That it's like there's no carbon copy of it. It's meant just for the receiver. There's that they can do what they want with it. They can tear it up. They can hang on to it. They can read it later. But it's not for anyone else. They can share it. But it's really about those two people. So It's the most intimate you can be with someone and not actually be in the room with them. When you get a letter from someone, and I can't remember the last time I got an actual letter from someone, it feels so good. I mean, Chandra talks about this, I don't want to put you on the spot, but she said, I don't like that Melissa complains about the letter writing because personally she feels that they truly are a wonderful thing and she would love it. It's the one part that she says I don't really. It's true. But when you get there's that remember especially when you're younger and you get a letter you know you get a letter from someone if it's an especially someone that you have uh, an attraction to romantic or otherwise but there's just something so special (laughs) about holding that piece of paper knowing they wrote it with their hand and for you and for you
3: i still have notes for my second grade boyfriend yeah (laughs) and the little drawings it's it's very cute (laughs) Mm,
1: that's are you a letter writer
0: chandra
2: you know i'm not now um growing up my grandmother wrote me a letter every week and i would write her back every week but um wow that's
0: amazing really every week
2: yeah every week
0: do you still have them
2: I do still have them.
0: That's so cool. That's better than a photograph album, right? Yeah.
2: She lived not far, far away, but six, seven hours away from her family. Um, My dad was her son. So she initiated it, you know, to stay connected. But, yeah, it was very special. And then, I mean, I had pen pals growing up back when it was a thing, you know, to have Mm. pen pals. And, you know, and in high school when... A boyfriend was away for the summer you know you would look forward to receiving letters from him
0: what attracted you to this play why did you want to play this this character
2: well dennis asked me to read the script i don't know that there was any one thing i feel like it's very obviously very well written the characters are very complicated I tend to do musical theater and play characters. I mean, you can obviously you can be a complicated character in musical theater, but it's just very different. So it was just very intriguing to do something that had such a a character who had such a complicated history, and then the span of time, age seven through sixty, it was very intriguing. It's definitely challenging, but I don't know that that's why I wanted to do it. I'm I'm too tired to be challenged, Dennis.
1: (laughs) Don't worry, you'll be comfortable later.
2: (laughs) Um,
0: Do you like Melissa?
2: Yes and no. I, I think I can identify with her to a degree, but there's a part of me, a huge part of me, I guess the part of me that is like her is like, get it together, woman. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's very frustrating. Like, why can't you get it together you know you've been given all this stuff you know why can't you get it together you've had this amazing education you have you know the financial backing it just goes to show that sometimes that just doesn't matter
0: well i'm wondering what it's like to experience as as an actor to play somebody who's i guess the question is is it easier to play somebody you can easily relate to or somebody you find really difficult to relate to because they're completely different to you
2: it's a very good question. It is a lot of fun to play someone who is completely like your polar opposite because, you know, in everyday life, you're, you're the same person, obviously. So it's fun to be someone you're not. It helps you understand humanity a little bit better. On the flip side of that, playing someone who you identify with, especially in painful and difficult ways, can be very cathartic, actually. What I kind of meant when I said it's like therapy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. coming I'm coming to feel chandra that all performances to some degree therapy because I certainly absolutely you know have that conversation with songwriters
3: mm-hmm.
0: and with the writers. Yeah.
3: Well, artist therapy mm-hmm. is you put so much of your soul into artwork and even acting, some people think acting is just reciting lines, but it's it's the artwork that goes into acting is crafting the person that you're portraying on stage on top of the words. The words are a canvas. The director's job is to make sure those canvases look good together <laughs> and they work together.
0: Well, it strikes me too that if in order to interpret anything, you have to bring something of yourself to it.
3: Absolutely. That's something, and that's, I think... Yes and you have to you only can build upon your own experiences. You cannot build from nothing. And so every character will be colored by who you are as a person and that's why no character can be played the same way twice by two different people or even by the same person because at a different time in their life they're going to have different experiences to build from. And so I think that's why art acting is a very cathartic experience. It it can it can be. And it's very rewarding
0: yeah is that true Dennis is it more rewarding for you now than it was when you first started doing it? because you you've gotten older you've had more experience
1: compared to Chandra who's been doing it since she was a kid I I really only started doing stage acting five years ago I mean I've done stand-up comedy which oh, is, is, there, is there
0: any difference
1: big difference that is oh, yeah. ultimately that's nudity on stage I mean you're emotionally naked and you have nothing to hide behind at all except for your dry wit. <laughs> I've performed before, but this is a recent discovery, and I, I tell young people, I say, take advantage of this, because I missed the train early on. I w- auditioned for a show, and I think I've told you this before, in my th- early 30s, and it was such a miserable audition as far as the way the director and the choreographer, it was Into the Woods, was the show, and they took themselves so seriously and i was so turned me off too. by that and i said forget this i'm i'm i don't want it i didn't they had two days of auditions they wanted me to come to and i said no i'm done thanks you guys you really it's called a play for a reason <laughs> so i'm fortunate enough to have had my kids get involved with the signal mountain playhouse I got to know started. some of the folks in the Signal Mountain Playhouse. Yeah, we all, Chandra started there when she was young, and, uh, and we I just did there. the most recent production together, all of us. Mm-hmm.
0: You said that stand-up is different, but it seems to me that in order to do stand-up comedy, you first have to craft a performance persona.
1: You do, but there's no real true character. It's still you. Dennis has a
2: performance persona, don't I? Well, the the comedy, too, is very different. There's
1: a pot sitting next to this kettle. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't in any way a useful prep for you? It was. The thing that it was, I remember when I got up for my first audition and Chandra was there, and I couldn't believe how comfortable, other than the singing and dancing, (laughs) but when I got to actually act the scenes, it just, it felt totally correct. And I said, yeah, where has this been my whole life? my son was sitting in the amphitheater watching too and he was just like dad where has that been and i just said i don't know it was a goofy role it was the toy maker okay yeah Yeah, the toy maker (laughs) and chitty chitty bang bang which was played by benny hill so it was a comic role and it was over the top. So there's, I mean, for a performer, <laughs> so there wasn't Dennis's a lot of butter. deep thought about it, but it, it's, it just felt so good. So, but over, I've discovered over time that I enjoy, kind of what Shandra was playing. I like playing people that are really the opposite of me or m- mean characters, although I've played a number of mean characters the last couple of years. And I'm, I was like, I want to play a nice guy for once. So Andy's very attractive that way because he's a nice guy. Um, he's got his problems, but... He a, can
3: be nice. He's got his problems, but no, yes, he's...
1: This is the the challenge of being the only man in this production is <laughs> I'm always hearing about the man's got his well, problems. Well, okay,
3: Andy's a very sympathetic <laughs> character, but both Andy and Melissa are deeply flawed humans.
1: They are, and I've said that. Yeah. In his heart of hearts, yes. he is a caring... It's funny, I find that sometimes during rehearsal, I'm occupying the headspace of Andy and Chandra will say something about Melissa and something that Andy has done or said and how it bothers Melissa. And I find myself bothered by her being bothered. It's like, and some people call that method. It's just that I, you, you have a tendency to occupy an emotional space that you're in. When I, I was in a rehearsal about a year and a half ago for a real jerk of a character, and I was at rehearsals. I was a crusty, you know, fellow. I mean, I, I in rehearsals, I was I was living in that emotional space that I I could turn it off, but there were elements of him that were there, present. And one point, I barked at the director and called him a name that I can't repeat on the air because he made me mad. And I went, did I just say that? And so it's funny, it's sort of like, wow, am I? am I actually falling away from this character when we're not rehearsing? But he knew that, and so he respected that. This is very cathartic for me, too.
0: There's a really fine line between the persona that you develop and who you are, because in order to develop the persona, you have to draw on something that's inside you already.
1: Yes, and to be authentic, it mm. has to start. It really So does sometimes
0: start. when you create a persona, you're going to be drawing on things you don't particularly like about yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're, there's plenty of times in my life I've been a real jerk, I mean, I have. I can't oh,
0: really join the club.
1: Yeah. And when I'm playing a character that's being a jerk, it's like, okay, that's easy. I can go back and find that. Or, or Chandra and I did a show called Dearly Departed a few years ago, and my character was a little tightly wound. It's a comedy surrounding a funeral. That character, he loses it physically and in especially the end of the show and that was derived from <laughs> me physically getting so upset about something that i would lose so it was one of the other actors actresses looked at me like i had three heads like how do you do that where does that come from like you don't want to know
3: <laughs> well and they say that what's interesting about acting is it really develops and what i i think it's why we should expose more children to acting is it develops a sense of empathy Mm -hmm. And it deepens your ability to feel empathy for different people Mm -hmm. because as Dennis is talking about the idea that he's so able to put himself in different shoes and experience different types of people and different types of experiencing the world. And actors have an extraordinary sense of empathy most of the time because they have to build that.
1: Andrew M. Ladd III accepts with pleasure The kind invitation of Mrs. R. Ferguson Brown for a dinner in honor of her granddaughter, Melissa Gardner, before the children's charity ball.
2: I'm writing this letter because I am scared if I called you up, I would start crying right on the phone. I am really mad at you, Andy. Don't you know when you're invited to dinner, before a dance, you're supposed to dance with the person giving it at least twice? And I don't mean with my grandmother, either. That's why they give dinner parties so people get danced with. I noticed you danced with Jenny Waters, but you never danced with me once. I just think it's rude. That's all. Straighten up and fly right, Andy. How do you expect to get anywhere in life if you're rude to women? Nuts to you, Andy. And that goes double on Sunday.
1: I didn't dance with you because I've, I've got a stretched groin if you don't know what that means look it up sometime i was gonna tell you in person but i got embarrassed i stretched it playing hockey last week the only reason i danced with Ginny waters is she takes tiny steps but you always make me do those big spins and we could have gotten into serious trouble i tried it out at home when my mother first and it hurt like hell that's why i didn't dance with you i'm using a heating pad now and Maybe we can dance next week at the Junior Assemblies.
2: I don't believe that hockey stuff. I think Jenny Waters stretched your groin, and next time you cut in, I'm going to stretch the other one.
1: Huh? You obviously don't know what a groin is. You
2: obviously don't know what a joke is.
0: Dennis Parker and Chandra Burnett, reading letters written by Andy and Melissa when they were teenagers, The play Love Letters, directed by our guest Mary Eliza Hendricks, is in the Mountain Arts Community Centre on Signal Mountain this Friday and Saturday, September 24th and 25th at 7.30, and on Saturday, October 2nd at 7.30, and a matinee on Sunday, October 3rd at 2 o'clock. Details are on the Mountain Arts Community Centre website. This is Scenic Roots on listener-supported public radio in Chattanooga.